I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the X Button Podcast. Today is November the 30th, one step closer to everything. You guys know the vibes. Um, hope everybody's having a great, great Tuesday. You know, Monday went by really fast. I wasn't expecting that. And of course, I got zero gameplay in. Love that. So I figured today we'll just review Spider Man 1 from Sam Raimi, the OG, the 2002 classic, the meme factory, if you will, the uh, the heyday, the revolution of superhero movies, some might say, where um, they brought Spider-Man to the limelight and kind of made it a a uh, blockbuster. You know, it was the first big one that was like, hey, this is a big movie that we're going to watch. Well, take it back. It's not the first big one, obviously. I think around that time there was also X-Men and stuff like that. Um, there were things that happened before, but this was the first one, I think, that got it right. And... Um, I watched it recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it recently, and I kind of want to talk about my review for it. I kind of wanted to review it in 2021 as a you know consumer who watched it when I was younger. I've seen all these movies in theaters, you know, day one. Um, you know, my parents and my grandma and my aunts they all took me, and it was it was like a thing. Like anytime these movies came out, it was like Harry Potter. It was like fucking Star Wars, you know, any of that. This was another one that was just like, I had to go see all of them. I remember I played Spider-Man 3, uh, you know, the game or whatever. So basically what I had said before is I'm reviewing all these movies on this podcast and I kind of wanted to do uh, all of them before the new movie comes out, which is in two and a half weeks, I believe, on December 17th. So I'm currently going to watch it on December 16th. So that review uh, hopefully will be on December 17th. Uh, it all depends on if I am awake enough by the time I get done watching it on that Thursday night or if I pre-record and get it out the next day. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. Don't ask me. Uh, but I will be off that day. So <laughs> I'll just, I'll figure it out as we go. Um, but as of now, I think I'm going to have the review for the new Spider-Man No Way Home on, I guess, either the 17th or whatever that next Monday is, simply because I might be tired that that night or whatever. I might have something planned. I'm not sure. But overall, the goal here is to get all these reviewed by the time this new movie comes out. I fought, or I, I didn't really fight, you know, co-host friend of the show, uh, you know, the plug, if you will, for Spider-Man movies, uh, one of the co-hosts and uh, friends of the show, like I said already, uh, Phil kind of came through, got the gang tickets uh, for the you know, the opening night showing and I can't wait. I'm super excited. And I think with that, with all this hype and speculation about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield possibly being in it, and there is a chance, very small chance, because everybody's kind of buzzing about it, but very small chance that they'll be in it. You know, there's still, or they won't be in it. There's a small chance they won't be in it. Uh, there's also kind of a chance, I'd say a mid chance if they are in it. So just in case, and just for, you know, the sake of, Covering these classics, I would like to do a review of the movie and kind of go through and just get my impressions of what I thought about it watching it in 2021. So sit back, relax, and if you haven't seen this movie, I would recommend going to watch it first. But of course, it is, what, like 19 years old? So if you haven't seen it by now, you might be a little late. You might, you know, 
I, I hate being the one to go, oh, it's too late for spoilers, but, you know, it's kind of too late for spoilers. Um, but this was, you know, the first big Spider-Man theatrical release that we got to see, uh, at least, you know, that, that was, like, as popular as it was. Uh, made by Sam Raimi, starring Kristen Dunst, uh, Harry Osborne, you had Tobey Maguire, you had uh, William Defoe. You know, it had a, a, a wide variety of cast, uh, of, of a cast. So, but um, we're starting with Spider-Man 1. And this is like the beginning of the whole thing. This is kind of where the DNA of like this universe started. Obviously, it was setting up two more sequels. It was uh, sticking to the source material of the comics, but also making it fresh with like the inclusion of, you know, the organic webbing for spider-man and things like that um but yeah all in all it is a classic you know spider-man story where the other movies kind of went different ways you know andrew garfield had a gwen the newer ones had a mary jane but it's like a different one and it's you know he's dealing with the mcu he's actually dealing with iron man so he's more of like a comic book one this one was like straight up a spider-verse movie and um i think that's ultimately where sony's going so it's kind of interesting that like this one was already doing that and then they kind of went away with it, brought them into the MCU. And now they're kind of going back to like, uh, it's already like confirmed that there's going to be three more movies after Norway home for Spider-Man, including Tom Holland. So it's going to be, you know, a continuation of Tom Holland and what I assume would be him in the Spider-Verse, not necessarily the MCU. So very interested to see what happens there. But starting with this one, this is a, if it does become Canon, this would be a alternate universe of uh toby mcguire spider-man basically a different story uh different characters and um obviously different age groups so let's get writing into it starting off watching this in 2021 i actually had some notes let me actually get my nooch let me get my nooch from hope everybody had a great monday Ooh, because um you know uh all right so let me run down let me run down my notes because these are the notes I wrote and they are very uh, not specific, but kind of specific. I'm just going to run them down because they are notes that do not have context and I'm not even sure if I'll give them context, but you'll know what I mean if you've seen the movie. I will say I stopped at a certain part and I'm sorry it's the part that sounds most sus. So let's just get into it. First note, going down the list, just going to keep riding through it. Cliche stuff for these older movies. Yes, older movies contain a lot of cliche stuff. No one is high school age. Big thing. I'll get into that. Teacher looks younger than the students. Uh, dude has a five o'clock shadow. Kristen Dunst is underrated. Peter is a creepy neighbor. Uh, he has no pickup game. Uh, dick joke to Aunt May is so awkward. Peter just fucked up his room for no reason. He's a dick to Uncle Ben. Macho Man is cut as fuck in this movie. Uh... Fucking Green Goblin murders people, uh, obliterates those his like board members or whatever. No spider sense during rec- wrestling match, which was interesting, because uh, Macho Man was fucking him up. Unless Macho Man was supposed to be a superhero in this game, in this movie, so uh, I'm not sure. Uh, the robber was not using his gun. He just he had a gun, but just like was not using it at all. Uh, spider Man fucked up his arm. He fell out of a window. Superman nod suit up when he got when Goblin kills a bunch of people. Okay, uh, dumbass kid, which was there was a part there was a port where a kid was just in the way for no fucking reason, 
uh, plot device for these older movies where they just made it like, oh, let's do some heroic shit. Let's put this family in a burning building. Let's do a kid in the middle of traffic. You know, shit like that. Uh, it's one of those moments. And then the last comment I have is nipples. No reason to dive too deep into that one. But you guys should possibly know what I'm talking about. Um, this is a very interesting movie. So, starting off, right? You you first see Peter when he's like running through the fucking... Um, to the bus stop. And they introduce Mary Jane. They introduce her boyfriend. They introduce the all the, the students... Uh, her boyfriend is the one with the five o'clock shadow. Uh, there's a big guy who doesn't know how to eat a jelly donut. He has a open hole on the side of the donut and eats the other side. So all the jelly comes out. I don't think that's sufficient. Definitely 2002 thing to do. Um, I feel like nowadays there would be like a comment made about that, but you know, Hey, it is what it is. I like food. So again, a, a adult, an adult, uh, Chris, Kristen Dunst, Kristen Dunst, Walks up to the front to let forty-year-old uh, Tobey Maguire on the on the bus, and uh, go to his seat, where he uh, you know gets picked on by the nerdy pe- the nerdy people on the bus who are obviously supposed to be nerdy nerdy. There was ones uh, the one who doesn't let her harem. I cannot talk today. Let him have a seat. Um, has like freckles and glasses, and of course that's like the classic movie sign for nerds. So especially in two thousand two, they trip him, they bully him. That's just that. Uh, you get introduced to Harry, where he's obviously getting like roasted by Norman Fetus, uh, not Norman Fetus, uh, Norman Os- Norman Osborn. Uh, he does the meme where he's like, "I'm something of a whatever to myself, uh, myself." Then, of course, you get the scene where he goes to the, the <laughs> he goes to the the spider exhibit where all the bullies are just not letting him take a picture. All the all the thirty year olds and forty year olds not letting forty year old. Tobey Maguire take a picture by like 30 year old uh, James Franco. The teacher who looks younger than anybody walks up and is just like, come on guys, quit. Come on guys, stop. What are you doing? Um, you're looking at the spiders. They start talking about hitting on Mary Jane. Then creep. This is the creepy part, right? So Tobey Maguire is, he's a photographer just like Peter's supposed to be. And he goes, hey, we need pictures with students in them. So this man gets her to stand next to the spiders, and the camera is nowhere near the spiders. It is only on her. Uh, So that only leads me to believe that he was adding it to his spank bank in 2002. Not cool. In 2021, not cool. Um, Although she did seem to be enjoying taking the pictures, um, and it was playful. So maybe she knew it was like just of her, but still weird. This is when the spider gets on him. He gets bit. and he's there, you know, he's doing his thing. You get introduced to the glider, uh, which is cool. You get to see it tested before it's backed up formula. You get Uncle Ben, a sweet moment between Uncle Ben and Aunt May, just about how, like, they need to treat Peter better. Peter goes to sleep, wakes up, has spider powers. Um, this is, like, one of the interest, interesting parts of the movie where, like, he gets his powers. It's very weird. Um, Trying to think, it was, it was a very weird way to put it. Like the graphics, obviously, are shit because it was 2002. Uh, but I will say, overall, in these movies, I would give the CGI and the effects actually like really high grades. Like they are surprisingly good for when they came out. Um, Norman trying to save his his uh, company, he gets he lets them test the green serum on him, and uh, he has this weird moment where he starts going like sicko mode in the tank. 
and he's like, and um, his assistant turns it off. He turns it back on, and this is one of the funniest points in the movie, where his heartbeat all of a sudden starts back up. He chokes him, and then he goes back to formula, and then he kicks him out of the window, and then he like jumps on the ledge of the window like he's like a, a goblin already. But I'm like, why is he doing this? I get he's insane, but like, huh? It doesn't make any sense. Um, and I'm being a little critical, but this is uh, the next scene is also where Peter wakes up and he gets his powers. This part was always cool to me when I was growing up, where he like he you know he checks his he checks his uh, glasses and they don't work anymore. And I was like, okay. And then he's like feeling his you know he's seeing his body. And actually, Tom McGuire actually got kind of cut for the scene. It's actually pretty dope. He had like a little six pack going, and then the weirdest part. This is this goes back to one of my notes. Um, Ame is like, uh, "You sound." What did she say? She says like you've changed or something. And he's like, "Yeah, big change." And he's looking at his dick, and that's a weird joke to have to your eighty year old fucking aunt. You creep more so. Why Tobey Maguire is a creep in these movies? Uh, this is my twenty twenty lens zooming in on this movie right now, but still. It is interesting to see these like weird jokes that are like, all right. Um, obviously, I'm not serious. I'm not saying canceled Peter Parker, but it is what it is. You know, it's a it's a 2002 movie through and through. Also, they do this a lot in like older movies where like the neighborhood girl or the love interest or the friend or the whatever they have a house right next to each other with the window perfectly aligned to where you can just see straight into the other person's house. Um, so I'm like, they should have had more interaction up until this point. I know they like knew each other when they were kids, but still it's like Mary Jane and Peter don't really like, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of moments where you'd be able to kind of get to know the other person just by like, you can see into the room also leads to more of the idea of like, Peter's a freaking creep. Um, and then of course, Aunt May and Ben are like, Oh, you're, you're doing great. Um, Peter finds out he has sticky fingers. A yo. Uh, and this is where he like slams his hand on the side of the bus. It pulls the sign off. Things like that. Things like that. Things like that. Uh, Harry finds Norman. Things like that. And then they have like the slew of like, um, you know, the, the, slow, the slow trickle of Peter basically getting his powers. And that's one thing like, I feel like they kind of sped through it a little bit in Andrew Garfield's and that might be because it's the second time they've done it like in a theatrical sense. But this one was like, they did it very slow. They did a slow pace. He first finds out he's strong. He first finds out like, you know, his, uh, his, he's got like, uh, spider sense reflexes and things like that. Then you find out that his web is organic, which is awesome. I think that's one of the best differences of this, of this movie. Um, and then he like shoots it out at a, at a lunch tray and then throws it on the high school bully. <sighs> all in all that, that, you know, just the whole process of him figuring out who he, like what is going on is like a slow thing of like, holy shit. You know, it's, it's not just like, Oh, I got powers now. Oh, I, I can do this. Cool. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? And that even goes more so to the point where like he's on the roof and he's trying to like shoot the web out by force and he can't even do it because he doesn't know it. Um, and then of course he has like strong powers, things like that. There's that big dude with the glasses and the curly hair that's in like every movie in the background. I don't know what he is, but he's in like so many movies as like an extra. 
Uh, very interesting to have like a, a history of just doing extra spots. Um, then he, the, and then Peter Parker goes to climb a wall and then, you know, there's that. And he goes, woo! Uh, this is one difference compared to the other movies, like including Into the Spider-Verse, where they go to jump over buildings and Tobey Maguire just goes up and does it. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and then this is where he struggles to shoot the web. I know I'm doing like a play-by-play of this movie, but still it kind of like helps to like guide where we're going. Then where I said Peter has no game, he's kind of talking to Mary Jane and he's kind of being like a creep, not a creep. I, I, I keep calling him a creep, but it feels like he's talking to her like he's really, really close with her. And technically right now they knew each other when they were kids, but overall they don't know each other that well now. Um, so they're trying to like talk to each other and she just got yelled at by her dad and he's trying to spit game on her. And then right after she goes and gets in her boyfriend's car and it's just like, what is their dynamic? You don't really know at this point. So there's that. Then he's like, fuck it. I got to get a car, you know? And then he's like, I'm going to draw a Spider-Man suit and go wrestle Macho Man. Uh, and in the process of doing so, of course, he's in his room. And he's like, you know what? I'm tired of how my room looks. Let me fuck this shit up. And he just starts webbing everything and throwing cans everywhere and breaking vases or vases, whatever you want to call it. Then... <sighs> He gets dropped off at the library and they're like, okay, you're getting dropped off for the, you know, just to go study because you're a good kid. Really, he was about to go fuck up Macho Man in a brutal wrestling match, which they don't even spring on him that it's a cage match. And then he does it and he gets paid $100, which then, of course, that's when the robber comes in, goes, fucks up his dad or his uh, uncle. He finds out, does one of the ugliest cry faces ever, goes and fucks up the guy who did it. And obviously that goes on to like... That's basically how he starts his path as a hero. He's like built in tragedy from that moment and regret. And that kind of like even scales up to like Spider-Man three. When that hap- when stuff like that happens related to the story, they add a couple features or, you know, tidbits, which obviously if this was done in like the modern age with MCU and Kevin Feige, that tidbit probably would have been tossed in at the beginning. And that's what makes the MCU movie so special. I think that's, Obviously, a very big benefit of having all that organized and kind of like put together to where you don't have to really think about things in the long run. It's just, you know, you kind of have it drawn from point A to point B over multiple movies and even side movies to where it all comes together. Uh, There might be some variances, people dying or whatever, but overall, you have the plan down at least. And I think uh, going into Spider-Man 1, I don't think they fully had a plan for three movies. They just had the one story where... Um, MCU kind of goes into it going, okay, this is going to have a movie. This is going to relate to it. That's going to have a a thread in it. So they weave it all together. Um, making all these mini directors kind of like play ball with what they have and the limitations that they're putting on them. But this movie was like in such a different ball game to where it was kind of just going balls to the wall of like how it set up its villain, how it set up its, its love interests and stuff. And it had a clean slate to kind of start fresh. And I think that was a good starting point for Peter. Um, and I think like the motives of green goblin and him being the villain of the movie, they were kind of based in like, he was just power hungry. Uh, he didn't really have an outward, I guess, motive towards Peter outside of him being in the way. So once he found out, you know, obviously he was against Spider-Man. Then he finds out at that dinner that Spider-Man is Peter. And then obviously he just starts manipulating things around Peter because he knows that's the guy he's going for. So 
Um, and Peter honestly is mostly oblivious to this throughout the movie. So it's kind of like something that I will say probably could have done better. Like it, it could have been done better where the villain isn't really, doesn't really have the motives to go towards Peter or at least enough justified motives to go towards Peter is mainly just like, Oh, I need, I want to do this. I want to do that. And to achieve my goal, I need you out of my way. And that, that was really it. Um, and then obviously like what conflicted him as a villain that made him actually interesting is that these variants that were in the way were Harry, were Mary Jane, were Aunt May, were things that were like kind of, kind of related to him. You know, he was at their dinner, um, as a family friend and he was just there in support of his son and it, you know, it was a thing. It's like, he's a local figure around their, their group. And the fact that it evolves from that. And he goes like, I'm so power hungry. I don't really care about anybody in this group. I don't really care about my son. I don't really care about Peter. You know, I don't really care about my, eventually it becomes, I don't really even care about my business. Um, cause that was ultimately his main goal, his main goal until he kind of started like getting, too fixated on Peter. So, uh, that kind of like drove him even more crazy, let alone the toxin making him crazy. So, uh, I really liked green goblin in this movie. I think William Defoe does it perfectly seeing another green goblin, wink, wink, amazing Spider-Man too. Uh, so bad, but it was still like William Defoe did it perfectly, especially like the influences they kind of had in this movie. Uh, this is a separate point, but the influences they kind of had in this movie were kind of like, uh, based in like 2002 stuff. Like they, they did the Superman, they did the Superman chest walking towards the camera thing with a Spider-Man suit twice. I think once at the end and like once mid movie, um, they did a call where he's calling Aunt May and then, you know, Green Goblin's on the phone and that's very much like, I know you did last summer, things like that. Things of the time that were kind of like horror movie aspects. Um, and then they like, you know, they, they, they played it to where he was like very comic booky when he was the Green Goblin. But he, when he wasn't, he was kind of doing things like talking to himself like Smeagol and Lord of the Rings, which was also hot at the time. And it was like, you know, there was a lot of influence from what was going on at the time. And I think that might be the downfall of this movie, uh, albeit a very small downfall. It's not I wouldn't even actually I probably shouldn't even say downfall, maybe a detractor for this movie. I, I will give it that that. I think that the small nods they were doing to other movies and the fact that they were like, there was too many moments where they're like, Oh, you see, you get that reference. You get that reference. Okay. Here's a Superman reference. Here's a Lord of the Rings reference. You get that. You, you see what I'm doing here? It's like, they could have been done better if they were taken more seriously or if they were taking more into the sense of it being a comic book movie versus it being a, a, uh, a fortnight of, of ideas where like, you're just kind of tossing in any reference. Um, Obviously, nowadays, if you compare it to like what's going on now with like, uh, let's say Civil War, where they're fighting at the airport and Tom Holland is webbing up Ant-Man and he asks uh, Iron Man, has he ever seen Star Wars? And obviously they're both under Disney, but it's still like, a, you know, that's what the reference is now. It's not him webbing him up, then going, oh, just like Star Wars, you know, he's kind of like, hey, I have an idea. Have you ever seen Star Wars? It's it's like a an organic idea coming into the the moment, but like. Uh, back then it was just, it felt more like not direct, but they were such unique, uh, scenes that it, it felt like a little bit like they were just ripping off stuff, you know? 
Like obviously the one in the MCU was kind of played to be a joke slash reference. Uh, and the ones in this movie were kind of like, uh, it felt like they were put in there just to be not stealing the ideas, but more just like trying to get the same rise out of people, uh, you know, and I'd argue there might be some matrix style stuff with how he like dodges shit at the end as well. But either way, the movie ultimately is amazing. I think no pun intended, but, um, I think what Toby Maguire does right outside of him looking like a 50 year old in high school. Uh, he plays it to where he is struggling. And th- that is like one of the, the main themes of the Sam Raimi movies. He has a struggle. He deals with aunt may, he deals with uncle Ben dying. He deals with his best friend turning on him, uh, in the later movies. And like, uh, all that being said, there's just enough of it in the first movie. And, um, you know, he deals with like trying to get the girl. He's trying to, He's trying to save his best friend's dad and he's trying to obviously protect what he loves. But once he gets this ability, once outside of him being just a nerd in high school, getting bullied, once he gets the ability, things don't just like immediately turn around physically. Yes. But still that's when the bigger issues come when people start figuring out what you're doing and uh, you being Spider-Man is like a threat to certain things. People come after that. And they were very quick in these movies to kind of figure out Peter's weak points but I think that's because in this first movie, he's so naive that he doesn't know ways to protect people. He doesn't know like what he should do to kind of avenge people. And um, without that guidance, he really had like nobody uh, comparing to like the new movies where obviously they have Iron Man and Avengers and like all these other friends and, you know, coworkers, quote unquote, that can kind of help. This one was like raw. He was just like learning how to be a hero himself. And he did it very much so in this movie. He, I would say there wasn't really a, outside of the Green Goblin actually going out to places where Peter slash Spider-Man were and fucking shit up, I would say there wasn't really a direct threat to the city as a whole. Like he, I I wouldn't say that we were to assume that he was just running around causing havoc all over the city and it needed to be stopped. It was more wherever Peter was or Spider-Man was, he was causing shit or he was causing shit to get Spider-Man to come out. So it was very much directed towards Spider-Man and I think his motives and what he like stood for as a person, I think he is, even though he's a villain, he kills people in this movie. I think it's, he's a little bit redeemed by his motives being, he obviously he doesn't want his son to be shit. He doesn't want, he doesn't want to do any harm to his son, but he obviously is very driven and selfish. And I think that bites him in the ass, but uh, he also kind of shows that at the end where he dies and he's like, don't tell Harry. That's the last thing he says. So like, he's literally like protecting what he loves at the last second. And he knows that even through all his selfishness, he does not want Harry to be the same way. Uh, but in doing so spoiler for the later movies, he kind of, kind of leads that direction. So, um, and how does this movie end? You know, this movie ends with, Peter realizing that he can't really have the girl. He can't, he can't do that because he gets Harry's dad killed at the end of the movie, you know? And it's just, it's an interesting take on what Spider-Man is and what Peter Parker is, uh, in the long scheme of things. Like the movie basically ends with him realizing that he fucked up potentially a, you know, a lifelong friendship. And he also, 
had put Mary Jane in like grave danger, even though he got to like kiss her, even though he got to get close with her, even though he got to talk to her more, he got all these things. But as a hero, he was still like, I cannot be with you. Um, and I think that that was the bow on this package. It was still like, I know as Peter, I want this, but as Spider-Man, a bigger, uh, icon for the city, I cannot do that. So that was, uh, pretty awesome to see. And I think that this whole take was, you know, an amazing take for the time. Obviously it was 2002. So at the time, this thing was amazing. It was, it was like obviously the best thing, but you know, after seeing modern takes on Spider-Man on like other characters and just how well things get done in the MCU, for example, um, this movie does have things in it that are like, that make it dated, that make it a little cheesy. They kind of follow the tropes of like the older Spider-Man movies and like the pre MCU superhero movies where, you know, there's a family in a burning building, like I said, or a kid in danger or just in the way, or you got to save that one last thing. Um, I feel like the threats are more direct in like modern Marvel, you know, superhero movies. Whereas back then it was just like classic stuff. It was literally playing off the classic tropes of save, save the girl, save the kids, save the, save the neighborhood. Um, which you can't always do. But in this movie, it was a by the book superhero movie. Uh, I don't personally think it's the best of the trilogy, but I will say that even through its flaws of being kind of cliche and kind of cheesy, um, I would argue that that issue that uh, one detractor is kind of in all of these movies, including the amazing Spider-Man movies that it is, it feels kind of like dated and cheesy in like the cliche, what you would expect from a superhero movie type thing where uh, this movie does it. But I think for it being the first of its kind for Toby being such a great Peter uh, and a great Spider-Man for William Defoe being an amazing villain with, with decent motives, not the best, uh, and Mary Jane and Harry actually being great side characters and bringing in the drama to where this was like almost a soap opera in a way of like Peter is like dealing with some bullshit <laughs> and then on top of that getting bullied at school. So like it's a very even though they joke and there are like lighthearted moments, it is a very serious movie. This is like seriously Peter doing his thing. Uh, there's not a lot of lighthearted jokes or like quippy stuff which I think kind of takes away from him being a Spider-Man where Spider-Man typically is like quippy and will have funny stuff. Obviously he says some things in this movie as Spider-Man, but they just seem kind of like retorts. They don't really seem like quips and that's fine. It's just, I feel like with the universe of this movie being so serious, it kind of fits in where like it may be not the movie where you want that kind of action, but I, I don't know. This movie was made in 2002, 19 years ago. And, you know, it is still a fantastic movie from, you know, even watching it today, I was just like, God, there's so many good moments in this in this movie. Uh, Twins brought up the fact that there's like tons of memes in this movie. So there's a lot of like moments where you're like, Haha, I know that reference. Or yeah, yeah, I've seen that a millions of millions of times. Um, maybe that also might take away from the experience of watching it today. But I think my overall experience from watching it was like, this is still a fantastic superhero movie. One of the best Spider-Man movies, one of them, and introduced and kickstarted such an amazing legacy for like the character in Marvel and superhero movies in general, where we eventually get Logan and things like that. Like, 
Uh, I'd argue without this movie, we wouldn't have an MCU. So this one is iconic for its own right and kickstarted a lot of things, even if it just seems like all it did was come through and have these old 2002 references. But uh, as I said, to close this out, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't the best movie ever made, the best Spider-Man movie ever made, but it was great. It was a fantastic movie. Uh, I don't know if I should recommend, like, do a recommendation on these movies. I kind of just wanted to give my review of it nowadays. Um, and hopefully I tackled enough of it to kind of satiate the review. I know there's, like, a lot more to talk about than just, you know, what I talked about. I was trying to fit it into a time frame, so I might have missed some things. But overall, I think what Tobey Maguire does is amazing. I think him as Spider-Man and Peter are great. And <clears throat> this movie is iconic for many reasons. But... Boy, I, I hope they bring him into the MCU. That would be phenomenal. And maybe give him even more redemption. Uh, because that is one downer to this series of Sam Raimi is that there is no resolution in the long run. You know, you, Three kind of ends, uh, and I think they were like kind of wanting to set up even more after with Spider-Man 4. But that got canned or canceled or whatever. And uh, we'll never see that. So maybe we'll get that in the way home. I'm not sure. But... This is the kickstart for the first of many Spider-Man reviews. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I will be back for Spider-Man 2 sometime this week or next week. Probably next week. Um, and if I if they get too spaced out or just get too in, into the way of gaming content, then I will be moving them around and whatnot and maybe even crunching them together in one episode. I'll see. I'm not sure. But this has been the Spider-Man 1 review, 2002, Sam Raimi. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun rewatching these movies, man. I highly recommend, I think you can get them for $30 on Apple TV, probably even cheaper anywhere else. Or if you wanted to rent them, they're like $3 on Apple TV. Um, there's many different ways to get them nowadays, but I just got the Apple TV versions cause they came with like the 2.1 and all that with the extra scenes and the extended like elevator scene and whatnot. I think that might've been too, but either, either way, um, I appreciate you guys listening. And this is, like I said, first of many. And I will be back for Spider-Man 2. And tomorrow might be an off-topic episode. I think I committed to that, but I might want to do a gaming episode. I'm not sure. And I will be doing more gaming tomorrow, so stay tuned for any updates on that. And, of course, next week we have the Game Awards, so I will be doing Game Award predictions. I will be doing a Game Awards review. I will be doing maybe even a Game Award, Game, Game Awards expectations episode. I'm not 100% sure yet. But we will tackle that as they come. I appreciate you guys listening this far, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening.